good to have you with us tonight. I hope you brought your King James Bible with you. If you did, would you please turn to 1 Kings chapter number 3. 1 Kings chapter number 3. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. Wrong, wrong area, wrong area. My bad. 1 Kings, way back in the Old Testament. 1 Kings chapter number 3. Samantha, appreciate that. Is this loud enough? Can you hear me? Is, is it loud? I can't. Something's not right here. Something. I, I can't hear me. But I'm getting older, so who knows? That's a great excuse, by the way. I'm getting older. You want to help? Say, I'm getting older. Is it? Is it warm enough? Not getting older. Are you comfortable? No, I'm getting older. But the things I want to do, I'm not that old. I can do that. First Kings chapter number 3, starting in verse number 16. Most of us are familiar with it. There you go. That, I don't know what you did, but that's a little better. Um, verse 16, I'll read out loud. You read silently along with me. There came two women that were harlots unto the king and stood before him. And the one said, O my Lord, I and this woman dwell in one house, and I was delivered of a child with her in the house. And it came to pass the third day after that I was delivered, that this woman was delivered also, and we were together. There was no stranger with us in the house, save we two in the house. And this woman's child died in the night because she overlaid it. And she arose in, at midnight and took my son from beside me while thy handmaid slept and laid it in her bosom and laid her dead son in my bosom. And when I arose in the morning to give my child suck, behold, it was dead. Uh, but when I had considered in the morning, behold, it was not my son, which I did bear. And the other woman said, Nay, but the living son is my son, and the dead son is thy son. And this said, and, and this said, No, but the dead son is thy son, and the living son is my son. Thus they spake before the king. Then said the king, the the one. I'm sorry. Then said the king, the one said, "This is my son that liveth, and thy son is dead." And the other said, "Nay, but thy son is dead, and my son is living." And the king said, "Bring me a sword." And they brought a sword before the king. And the king said, "Divide the living child in two, and give half, uh, give half to the one, and half to the other." Then spake the woman whose living child was unto the king, for her bowels yearned upon her son, and said, O my Lord, give her the living child, and in no way, uh, and no wise slay it. But the other woman said, Let it be neither mine nor thine, but divide it. Then the king answered and said, Give her the living child, and in no wise slay it. It is it is the mother thereof. And all Israel heard of the judgment of the king, judgment, and they feared the king, and they saw that the wisdom of the king was in him to do judgment. Uh, I want to talk to you about, about character and seeking counsel. Seeking counsel. Let's pray. Father, thank you for the Bible. What an odd story, seemingly, this is. But what great things we can draw from it if we will just listen and pay attention. Help us, dear Lord, tonight as we are here in the quietness of this place. 
that you will speak to us through your word, by the spirit of God, by the man of God. But dear Lord, if our heart is not tender, our ears are not open, our mind is not attentive, we will get nothing out of it. So help us please tonight to give ourselves to you. Bless the word of God. For Christ's sake we pray these things. Amen. Thank you. You may be seated. We have an unusual story for most people, and it is unusual from beginning to almost the very end to the last verse. You had two harlots that came to the king, and they were seeking his wisdom in a matter that they were, there was a dispute. They couldn't figure it out, and they had been living in the same house. There's nobody else in the house. They were both harlots. The Bible says so. And so that's not good. And uh, so we find out here that one of the babies died. And the Bible said that the woman overlaid it, which means it somehow it got smothered. Whether she rolled over on it or the blankets got covered up the baby and in the night it couldn't breathe. But the Bible said it was overlaid and that it died. This woman in the night, at midnight, got up, took her dead baby over to the other woman. I know it was across the room or in another room, laid it down beside her, took her baby and went back over and fell asleep. The next morning when the mother of the live baby got up to feed her baby, come to find out she, it's dead. The more she examined, she said, this isn't my child. So she looked, because there was nobody else in the, in the house, she looked at the other one and said, that's my child. The woman said, no, it's not, it's my child. That one's yours, it's dead. This one's mine, it's alive. She goes, no, that alive child is mine and the dead child is yours. So they're having this argument back and forth, this dispute, and they couldn't figure out how to settle this whole thing. So they went before the king, King Solomon. Now, you remember King Solomon asked the Lord for wisdom, and the reason he asked for wisdom, he said, I don't know how to go in and out before your people. And I was teaching class out in the school the other day, and I was explaining this to them. The Lord, most of us, when the Lord said, ask what you will of me, we would have asked for our enemy's life. We would have asked for riches. We would have asked for title or fame. And the Bible said because Solomon didn't ask for any of that, he asked for wisdom and understanding. And God said, watch this, watch this. Listen to me carefully. Because you asked for that, I'll give you. I'll give you your enemies. I'll give you the gold. I'll give you prosperity. I'll give you all this. Why? Because now I know you know how to handle it. And so anyway, back to our story. They couldn't resolve it, so they came before King Solomon. They stood before Solomon. They explained the whole story again. He's listening intently, and they would not resolve it. So they're coming to him for his advice on what to do. Listen to me. They're coming to him for counseling on what to do. So they stood there before it, and Solomon, he's listened to both sides. And so he says, God has given him this wisdom. He says, here's what we're going to do. Somebody bring me a sword. Now, if I were one of those two women, I'd be going, this all about? What's he going to do? I mean, just put yourself in that place. You can go like this. I know what he's doing. They didn't. And so they're standing there, and he tells, I'm assuming, somebody else that's in there, bring the baby over here, and somebody cut the baby in half, and this way both moms can have the baby. Now you think about that. That's his way of settling it? No. And so what happened was, as they did this, then the one woman said, no, 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 stop, stop, stop. Give her the baby. And Solomon's listening to this. The other woman says, no, go ahead and cut it in half. Now you talk about bitter. And Solomon said, the woman who said, give her the baby, that's the mother. And the one who said, cut it in half, she's not the mother. So you have to understand, they couldn't figure things out. So they went to someone who was wise, a man of God, 
who had wisdom, who knew something about God, knew something about the word of God, and said it would be what I believe God wants us to do. And how wise of it. Now people from all over hearing about the wisdom of Solomon in his counsel. People from all over, Africa and Europe and Asia, they all came to hear Solomon's wisdom. They would just sit and listen to him. Solomon had like 3,000 proverbs and songs he wrote. and I mean, very, very wise man. And so when people figured that out, they'd say, I'll go to him and ask him because we can't solve that. That's called counseling. In this story, two harlots were intelligent enough to seek counsel from a man of God. Just think about that. Now, these were sinners, no doubt. These were people, very uncouth, very unsavory, doing things they shouldn't be doing, and yet they had enough intelligence to say, we can't solve this, let's go before someone who knows God and can help us solve this problem. You call that good counseling here. By seeking counsel, a person will benefit in at least two ways. You may want to write some of this down in case you can't memorize it all. He will receive direction for developing more character. When you are instructed on what's right, you should be able to add now that to your character. You understand? It's not just, okay, that's done. No, no, you add it to your character. I've learned something else that helps me be a better man or woman, and that's called character. Hopefully, one of these women went away from there going, that has got to be the smartest decision I've ever heard. If something like that ever happens again, I think I'll use that and help somebody. She's just added something to her character. Number two, you will learn with the help of a counselor how not to destroy the character you do have. Look, a lot of people will come to me or come to their parents or whatever. It's not that you don't have any character. It's just you've run into something you don't, you can't figure out and you need some counsel on. And if you're ever going to advance your character, you've got to start listening to people who can help you make wise decisions so you can add that to your character and become even a better person. Now, let me give you some biblical principles on to help you when, how, why, and who you should receive counseling. That last one, who, is very important. We'll get to that. Who should I go to for counseling? Number one, you may want to write this down. Do not be guilty of never seeking counsel. Don't be guilty of that. Here's the reason why. Go to Proverbs chapter number 11. Proverbs chapter number 11. Proverbs chapter number 11. Look at verse number 14. I said, do not be guilty of never seeking counsel. Uh, In our world today, actually even Proverbs talks about this, we tend to believe that the person that doesn't ask because they know everything. Well, first of all, that's a dumb statement. Nobody knows everything. But the Bible said a wise man seeketh counsel. Not a foolish person or a dumb person or a person who knows it all. No, it says a wise man. A wise man seeketh counsel. Oh, wait a minute, if he's a wise man, why is he seeking counsel? Because he's wise. Only a fool would say, I don't need to ask for help. I don't need to ask for counsel. That's just foolish. Watch what it says in Proverbs 11, verse number 14. Where no counsel is, the people fall. But in the multitude of counselors, there's safety. Now, if you just stop, okay, everything our church is going through, it's not the first time we've done something like this, but it's a great example right now. I brought in all of our staff. I brought in our, our financial people, uh, myself, uh, anybody else that's on our staff that could add to this, and I brought them all in, and we discussed everything we thought we should and shouldn't do. You said, preacher, didn't you know what to do? No. That's why I asked for counsel. Look, Dad, you don't know it all. 
But we fool our children into thinking we do. And when they're little, they're, my dad's tougher than anybody. My dad knows everything. It's what we do, right? Then they get older and go, Dad, you don't know that? And then we start faking things, right? right? I was just doing that to see what you would say. And then we go on Google and find out what's going on. Where no counsel is, the people fall. Now, that's just plain as the nose on your face. Where there is no counsel, people fall. It just makes sense to ask and say, huh, maybe I shouldn't do that then before you do it. So go to Deuteronomy. You know where that's at? Way back in the Old Testament. Okay, the last book in the Pentateuch. That didn't help you a bit, did it? Deuteronomy chapter number 32, the last book that is credited to Moses' writing. Deuteronomy 32, verse number 28. I don't have time to describe all this to you, but the statement is this. Deuteronomy 32 and verse number 28. The Bible said, For they are a nation void of counsel, neither is there any understanding in them. Do you know what a teacher is? Is basically a counselor. So your children are receiving counsel every day on different subjects. Hopefully they will add that to their life and their character will become stronger in many different areas. Something happens to us though as we get older. We just decide I don't need counseling. I already know. Here, okay, seek counsel. What we do is this. If I seek counsel, if he thinks I need advice, he'll come to me and ask me if I need help. Can I, whether this is right or wrong, you need to know what I do about things like this. If I am not asked for counsel, I try very hard not to give it. Well, why didn't he say something? You didn't ask. The reason is I have been taught that most people ask for counsel or help because they're ready to receive it and want to hear it. When they don't and you tell them anyway, they're not listening because they don't want to. If they needed it, they would come to somebody and say, can I ask you a question? But they don't. So that, that's just me. These verses and others teach the importance of seeking, seeking counsel. Not just standing there waiting. Well, somebody, they know I need help. Why don't somebody say something? Why didn't you ask? A wise man seeketh counsel. Doesn't say a wise man waits for counsel. A wise man seeketh counsel. Remember, even the two harlots showed enough wisdom that when they were in a debate, they said, we need to go to somebody who has a spiritual enough and has enough insight to help us out in this dispute. And they did. Two harlots, two sinful people went to there. Listen, if two women, obviously living in sin, went to a man of God for counsel, shouldn't Christians seek somebody? Now, not just anybody. We'll talk about that at the end of this lesson. should be about... 1030, we'll get there. Now, so what happens? Some Christians never seek counsel. Never. Never. Now, what you hear from the stand here is not all you'll ever need to hear. We just had counseling with two people getting married. By the way, if you do not go through my marriage counseling, I won't marry you. I don't care how, what good friends we are or how much we hate each other. I'm just not going to do it. You say, well, I, I, don't, I don't believe I need to. That's fine. You can go to courthouse, you can go and play, and you'll still be my friend. It's just, I'm not going to marry you. Okay. So see, you won't accept that counsel either, will you? So there we go. Some Christians just never seek counsel. Never means you're headed for trouble. You don't know it all. I don't know it all. There are things I run into I need to ask. Okay. If
if I'm running into financial problems, there's several people in here I would go to, and a lot of other people I just wouldn't. If I'm going to work on something mechanical, there's a couple of people in here I'd probably turn to and ask, and a lot of people I just wouldn't. Understanding who to go to for certain counsel is is very important too. At one time or another, all of us need to seek counsel. We need to seek counsel. Every person who at one time was living for God, those people that are out in the world right now, and there are millions of them, I believe there are millions of people who are honestly saved that just because they did not receive counsel or they received it and rejected it or they heard what to do and they said, I don't think that's right, and they're out in the world right now, they rejected counsel. They did not receive it. They did not listen to it. And because of that, they are now out in the world, not in church where God expected them to be, not with God's people where they should have been, but they did not listen to counsel and they counseled themselves thinking, I know what I'm supposed to be doing, and now they're out in the world. They buried their talent in the world. That's a shame. So what happens is people out there, they did not receive counsel, they did not listen to, listen to counsel, and they did not follow the instruction that was given to them. And I'm going to tell you something right now. That's, I don't care. They can blame it on a preacher. They can blame it on a staff member. They can blame it on a choir director. They can blame it on anybody they want to. The fact of the matter is you did not listen to counsel. If you did, you'd still be in church somewhere. There's no excuse for a Christian being out there. A real Christian had no business out there, and there's no excuse. You say, well, I was hurting, and I was... Why didn't, why didn't you seek counsel? And then when you got the counsel, why didn't you obey the counsel that was given to you? I can't tell you how many people I talked to. I said, okay, here's my suggestion. Here's what I think you need to do. And they'll go like, I, I just don't think I can do that. You haven't even tried it yet. And already you're rejecting counsel. You came to seek counsel. I gave you counsel. But you know, I'll tell you, there are people I know right now that in counseling, they'll say, okay, I want you to do these first five steps. They're going to help you a lot. The next time they meet together, they ask them, are you doing those five steps? Well, no, I couldn't yet. Then I can't counsel you anymore until you start doing those. I can't, I can't put you in 12th grade until you get through the first 11. If you're not going to go through the first 11, why talk about 12th grade? It just doesn't make sense. And the same thing. So you get the principle. People with good character seek counsel. Number two, why do some Christians never seek counsel? Because many plan on counseling themselves. I'm not taking away from your intelligence or your spirituality. But why is it God gave children parents? Why is it God gave adult Christians a pastor? You don't need him. I mean, you already know everything. What am I doing here? Why does the Bible even talk about counsel? Why does it talk about that at all? This is not best, nor is it enough. Why? Go to Job chapter... Counseling yourself is not enough, folks. I know where David said he counseled himself. I, I got that part, okay? David did not always do that. He had counselors around him, spiritual men, military men. He had these men around him, and they, he, he would ask them certain questions, and David would listen to them. Sometimes he didn't. Many times he would. I don't care what position you have or how smart you are or what education you have. There are going to be times when you need to seek counsel, and the reason most of us don't are several reasons. Go to Job chapter number 18, verse 7, the second part of that. Job chapter number 18, verse 7, the second part of that. Watch what it says. His own counsel shall destroy him. So somebody here counseled themselves, and evidently it wasn't good, and he's going to get his life's going to be destroyed. Now, wait a minute. 
counsel himself. So counsel is in, in that equation. But he talked to himself about what he thought was right and wrong. We're so taken with ourselves, are we not? I'm smart. I went, I went to 10th grade. I know what's going on. <laughs> I should have said it. That sounds like I'm making fun of people who didn't. Okay, I'm right there with you. 10th grade, two and a half times. Got it? Okay, there we go. Now, feel better? Jeremiah chapter 7. Jeremiah chapter number 7, verse 24. Jeremiah chapter 7. It's one of the larger books in the Old Testament, one of the larger writers, prophets. Verse 24, the first part. Watch what happens there. Somebody gives counsel and they're not listening. Watch what happens. But they hearkened not, and on down he says, but walked in the counsels in their imagination of their evil heart and went backward and not forward. I just made this statement in other words about many Christians out in the world. They took their own counsel or they heard counsel and rejected it and they started going backward. Counsel that God gives, no matter how much it hurts or how much it may sting, whatever, however you want to classify it, is to cause you to move forward. Look, we, we do it with horses. We do it with a lot of animals. When a horse won't move, what do you do? Kick him in the sides. Oh, I wouldn't do that. You don't know how to ride a horse. That's what you have to do. Camels, the same way. You take a switch and you hit him like that and get him to move. You say, you're hitting an innocent animal. Yeah, let him live in your house. Um, animal lovers drive me crazy. Now, so watch this. Go to Psalm chapter 5, verse number 10. Psalm 5, verse number 10. The psalmist is giving instruction and somebody's not listening. So here's what he says. Psalm 5, verse 10, the latter part. Let them fall by their own counsels. You want to counsel yourself? Okay, you're on your own. If you just listen to that, you're thinking, that doesn't sound very smart. It's not very smart. You may choose to counsel yourself, but more times than not, it leaves a way, it, it, it gives us, uh, it leads us away or gives us, uh, uh, give, we give into the ultimate destruction by taking a wrong path. Folks, listen to me. God doesn't want you to be destroyed. He does not want you to end up out in the world. So he's given you every help. You know what this book is? It's a book of instruction and counsel. Do you know what your mom and dad are? They are instructors and counselors in your life. Do you know what a preacher is? See, and then we draw the line. Well, he doesn't know everything. Well, Einstein, no kidding. I know that. I had two prostitutes go to Solomon. Why in the world would two people out of the world say, you know something? That's a smart guy. Let's go ask him. Because they had a dispute. They didn't know what to do. And Solomon said, I can help you. At first, one of them rejects it. No, cut him in half. And the other said, no, give her the baby. And Solomon said, there's mommy right there. And so you have to understand you're going to need counsel. If, if good, godly, biblical counsel is available, as a Christian, why not seek that? If it's available, what's it going to hurt? Maybe he could shed some light on something that you're not familiar with or don't fully understand. Which happens a lot, by the way. It doesn't mean you're stupid, that you're ignorant. You don't. It just means it's it's counsel. It's more, it's more information to help you make proper decisions. But I find out what we tend to do in the world is I'm going to ask these people their opinion, and we'll talk about this in a minute. What most people are looking for is somebody that already agrees with what they're going to do. I am looking for someone who agrees with me. So my preacher in Columbus, 
doesn't agree with me, so I've got this friend in New Jersey, I'll call him, and then I got another friend that's out in California, I'll call him, and I know this other person in, in Michigan, don't ever go to anybody in Michigan, um, they don't know what they're doing. And so this is what happens a lot of times. You see what happens, we think, many people do, after the thing is revealed in their life, uh, if I tell you I have this weakness or I don't know what's going on or I don't know which way to turn, you're going to use that against me, aren't you, one of these days? Folks, listen to me. I don't know what preacher you're used to running around with. I know things probably just about on everybody in here, especially some people. I don't keep a book. I don't keep a ledger. And when was the last time I brought up to you something you told me? I don't do that. What kind of a leader, what kind of a counselor would do those kinds of things? So you have to understand here a good, godly, biblical counsel. If they're available, why not at least... Preach, can I set up a point? Can we sit and talk for about something? There's something that's... I'm just trying to make this decision. Now, a lot of times I was talking to somebody not long ago, and I tell you all the time, I don't always have a different answer than you, and I don't always have something you've never even thought of. A lot of times I go like this, hmm, okay, that makes sense. So you walk away going like, why did I even waste my time? He didn't help me a bit. He actually just agreed with me. Look, let me help you with, with men of God. No man of God knows the future. No man of God knows your personal will for God. I can tell you what God prefers. I can tell you what God's overriding will is. I can tell you on how to make certain decisions and uh, uh, steps to follow. Nobody knows your personal will when it comes to God. I've heard preachers say like this, and some of you in here, and I know it, you're supposed to be a preacher. He does not know that. He's guessing. He's just preaching. Brother, you're going to be a missionary, and I'm sure of that. He doesn't know that. We're starting to sound like charismatic people. Show me in the Bible where it's, I know your personal will. Preacher, should I buy the pink house or the blue house? Well, I'll need to pray about it. Stop praying about it. I'll tell you something more than pink or blue, which you could paint. Pay attention to the foundation and the plumbing and the roof, the things that are really going to cost a lot of money. Let's find out, first of all, if you can even afford it. So I may be able to shed some light on things like that, but I have no idea if you're supposed to live on Yale Avenue or live in Grove City. Live in Grove City. So there we go. Now, the truth is most, after seeking counsel, leave with answers to their problems. Look, I, I don't know everything, but you think I'd know something after 52 years. I'm bound to know something, right? Why not give it a shot? What do you got to lose? But in Solomon's case, he knew quite a bit. And the confidence that you would have afterward that I got an answer and I know it's right this time. Think of the confidence that it would build in you and add to your character by simply going about it that way. So in effect, you are now more qualified. you you're now more qualified because you know how to handle a problem now because you sought counsel for that. And now you're going like this. I know what to do now. Okay, then now you're more qualified. You're not less qualified because you went to go seek help. In our world, that's what we've taught people. You seek help, you're weak. That's not true. If you seek help and then receive the proper help and then add that to your life, you should be stronger. Your character should be even greater. The Bible gives record of only one person who did not need counsel. The Bible only talks about one person that, that, that 
does not need to seek counsel. I want to show you who that is. Go to Isaiah chapter number 40. Isaiah chapter number 40. You're in Jeremiah. Go backward. Isaiah chapter number 40. Isaiah chapter number 40. Look at verse number 13. Isaiah 40 verse 13. Who hath directed the spirit of the Lord? Who hath been his counselor? Hath taught him. With whom took he counsel? And who instructed him? And taught him in the paths of judgment and taught him knowledge and showed him. Look, folks, this is, the, this is the Spirit's book. He's the author of the Bible. He used men as, like pens in his hand and wrote this book for us. This is the Spirit's book. Wisdom. He's the only one that we know about in the Bible. God, if you would, that did not have to ask counsel. The Bible, God didn't ask for our counsel. God creating the world, creating man, creating what's going on. He didn't, but said, he didn't create this, what you see today. This is the devil's world. This is what we get for not listening to God. But you have to understand, in the beginning, God didn't say, you know, let's wait till we make man and ask them what they think. Maybe they wouldn't like the garden. Maybe he wants a brunette instead of a blonde. I don't know. Maybe I better ask him once he gets here. This is the way we're setting up churches. We go to an area where there isn't a church and we put out, this is what people are doing today, and we put out questionnaires. What would you like to see in a church in your area? I'm sorry, that's the tail wagging the dog. This is what you need. I don't care what city or what village you're in. This is what you need, and you need a man of God that can tell you what the Bible has to say. But we have decided to go and let them counsel us on what, what, we, what they think God wants them to have. Folks, we're so far from what we're supposed to be. Never seeking or accepting counsel can be equated with a lack of character. You know the reason you won't seek counsel? You don't have the character to seek Somehow we have been taught this is a sign of weakness, and it's not. So number one, do not be guilty of never seeking counsel. Number two, I said, why is it that some people never seek counsel? Some counsel themselves. I'm not against that, but you don't have all the answers all the time. Secondly, if their weakness is revealed, it may be held against them. A lot of people just think that way. If I say something from now on, he's going to know, and, and then how am I going to react? And I was hoping maybe I'd get a, a teaching job, and now he knows I, I did this, and I don't know the answer to that and what's going to happen. Once you've been counseled and added that to your life, now you fix the problem. We can help you with that. Number three, do not be guilty of seeking unwise counsel. Not all counsel is good. Now, you probably figured this out by yourself, but let's show you some Bible for that. I want you to go to Psalm chapter number one. Psalm in the middle of your Bible, Psalm chapter number one. Very plain, very obvious, and not the only verse in the Bible that talks like this. Psalm chapter number one, verse number one. Uh, when I worked for a living uh, out in the world, uh, people would sit around. It's amazing how people just throw out stuff. I'll tell you what I think. You know, like, like if you were president, Boy, couldn't we figure all things out? I mean, wouldn't that just, you know what I do about this? You know what I do about that? You know, And we just sit around the picnic table, around the lunchroom, eating a peanut butter and jelly sandwich, solving all the world's problems. Well, I'm having trouble at home with my, you know what I would do? Just off the top of their head. And we go, wow, that makes sense. Nobody referenced Bible. Nobody's living the way they should. And yet we listen to everybody's counsel, except guess who's? 
the preacher. So, Psalm chapter 1, verse 1. Blessed is the man that walketh, next word, not in the counsel of the ungodly. An ungodly person is a person without God and also a person who is actively, actively living in sin, which could be a Christian. Actively living, ungodly, actively living in sin. Go to Job chapter 22. You're in Psalm. It's right before you run into Job. Right before Psalm, Job 22. Job 22. Verse number 18. The second part here, watch what it says. The counsel of the wicked is far from me. Job said, I don't listen to him. I don't listen to them. Well, you're not listening because you know I'm true. If a person is not going to give you biblical advice about spiritual things, okay, your pediatrician, honestly, if they say it's time for a shot and you're okay with that, give it to them. If they said, look, don't powder that in, powder goes on this end, you probably want to listen. If they have a rash somewhere and it goes like, yeah, here's what we use, this kind of ointment, you probably listen. When they tell you how to raise children and they reference no Bible at all, you're not supposed to listen to the ungodly. In his field, he may know what he's talking about. But when it comes to raising children, nobody knows more about raising children than God. Nobody does that. And so, counsel of the wicked is far from me. In Proverbs chapter number 12, which is what I'm teaching your children out there in school right now. Proverbs chapter number 12. I want you to look at verse number 5. Look at the second part here again. The counsels of the wicked are deceit. You can't trust them. There is purpose, worldly, devilish purpose, behind, whether they realize it or not, to misguide you, to take you away from what God wants you to have. Christians should only seek counsel from, you ready for this? Let me give you a definition. Seasoned, older, biblically wise Christians. There are people in our church and other churches that are older, and they have a lot of knowledge. But when you talk to them, they never reference any Bible. It's what their opinion is, and it comes across that way. I would rather you didn't give counsel at all. Well, I've been through this before. Where's the Bible that you're using? Okay, like I'm doing here tonight. I want you to go to 1 Kings chapter number 12. 1 Kings chapter number 12. 1 Kings chapter number 12. I said Christians should only seek counsel from, and I start off by saying seasoned, in other words, those with experience, those that also are older, which you cannot have experience and much knowledge if you're still young, biblically wise. A lot of people sit in church all their life and they haven't learned any Bible whatsoever. You're not a good counselor. You may love people, you may care about people, but you don't know how to counsel or help people. And by the way, just crying with somebody may make them feel good, but it's not going to help them a whole lot when it comes time to face something. They need good Bible counsel. In 1 Kings chapter number 12, look at verse number 8. 1 Kings chapter number 12 and verse number 8. Here we have a very familiar story about King Rehoboam. Remember him? He's one of the Boam boys. Now, here we go. The Bible said he consulted with the old men. Okay, so he's seeking counsel from older men. That stood before Solomon. Oh, these guys ought to know something, right? 
These are older guys, his father, while he was yet alive, and said, how do you advise? So he's seeking counsel. That's good so far. He went to the older men. Doing good so far. These men knew something about God and wisdom. They spent their entire life with Solomon, one of the wisest, if not the wisest man that ever lived. So, so far he's off to a good start, right? But it changes. And they spake unto him and they told him how to run his kingdom now that his father had passed away. Hmm, okay, yeah, all right, well, okay, I heard you. Watch what he does next. Verse number Verse number eight, but he forsook the counsel of the old men. Then what did you go there for? Watch what he says. First of all, they're older, they're seasoned, they've been spending most of their life with the wisest men that ever lived. So he sought counsel, he listened to them, and he dropped it from there. Then where was he going to seek his help from? This is plaguing our nation and world today, what I'm getting ready to tell you. Watch what happens here. And he spake, uh, verse number eight, and he forsook the counsel of the old men which they had given him and consulted, oh boy, consulted with the young men. We feel more comfortable talking with somebody our own age because they understand us. Right, that, that's a statement. We go, well, yeah, that makes sense. Okay, that's kind of like two 14-year-olds talking about what real love is all about. I can't talk to my mom. You know how old she is? She's like 24. What does she know about love anymore, right? Some of you in this room is going to run into this problem when your kids start getting older. And you're not going to what to tell them. Well, yeah, if you're your friend, maybe I don't know what's going on. Stop that. Don't do that. So watch what happens here. He said to the young men and, uh, uh, to, from the old, and, and left them, consulted with the young men that were grown up with him. Verse number eight, which stood before him. These guys never stood before Solomon. They were his own age. They didn't know any more than he did, maybe even less. Watch what happens. And he said unto them, what counsel you give to me? And they told him completely opposite of what the older, wiser, more seasoned men told him that had all this experience and all this background. And he said, okay, we're going to do that and split the kingdom. So there you are sitting at work, and you're feeling a little depressed. Margaret, I'm having a tough time. Well, honey, what's the problem? See, we feel better now because she just called us honey, and we feel very close. And they come over and put their, oh, it's going to be okay, sweetheart. See, we feel so much better. She hadn't told you one thing about the Bible. She's no older than you. Poor woman's been divorced 14 times, knows all about marriage now. And you're listening to her. Why would you do such a thing? So you got to be careful not to take wisdom from ungodly counsel. So down in verse number 9 and 10, the young men, his own age, seriously, the young men, his own, just stop and think about that. My own age, I'm having trouble making my way through this world, so I'm going to talk to someone my own age and my own experience. They kind of grew up with me. We all went to West High School together. My West High University people. We went to West High School together. We didn't learn hardly anything. It's all we could do to stay out of trouble, some of us. And all of a sudden, we know what's going on. Just think about that, how foolish of a statement that is. And you have a preacher who's been there for 52 years who happens to know a few scriptures, and you avoid. Because you want him to think you know what you're doing. 
Now, how foolish is it going to be if when people find out you didn't know what you were doing, you didn't ask for help? Didn't even ask for counsel. Whether I could give you advice or not is beside the point. What you're saying is I will follow God's line of learning and doing just to show him I'm following what you told me to do. That's just wise in itself. Example, a mom or a dad having marital problems, going to someone their own age who is divorced and unsaved or is saved but gives no biblical advice. This worries me to death. I don't know how many people would advise you to stay with your husband or wife no matter what. First thing comes to mind, well, God gives us right. God doesn't tell you have to. God said there's a reason, maybe two. He didn't say you have to. Ladies, forgive me for saying this, but in this area, a lot of times you're not a good counselor. You go more by feelings, emotions, and your experience than you do Bible. It's not right. It's like when you first came here and I preached on divorce, and, you, and I know who that is. My mom was divorced. I got all that, okay? And you would bristle. I'm not trying to hurt you. I'm trying to help another generation understand what they need to do. So I'm giving them good counsel. The world is the one that upset you and what's going on. So why, why, why would we not counsel the little ones and those that are heading in this direction, right? That's just wise counsel right there. So what happened? You said, Pastor, I didn't know that they would give me bad advice. They are my friends. This is why we follow Bible principles, especially when it comes to counseling. Everybody, look, everybody has an opinion. It's a dime a dozen. There are dozens of them out there. You search long enough, probably not even that far, you'll find a church that agrees with everything on the way you want to live. They're out there, every flavor. I mean, there's Baskin-Robbins, 32 flavors everywhere, and growing every day. You say, I think this is right. There's a church out there that agrees with you. And a preacher that will tell you, well, I've never really looked at that one. You go, man, I found a church that I want to attend. How about attending a church that God can talk to you in and that God wants? How about that? I just don't. Maybe it's just me. Turn to Proverbs chapter 16. You're in 2 Kings, I think. Go to Proverbs, right? In the middle of your Bible, Psalms. Right after Psalms is Proverbs. Proverbs chapter 16. Proverbs chapter 16. Look at verse number 31. Proverbs 16, 31. The hoary head. What is that? That's the gray head. That's the aged person. That is the one who has gray on their head. Is a crown of glory. So you see this? See brother, brother Usher back there? Crown of glory. Next word, big word, if. See that? Not all older people are good counselors and biblical people to help you if it be found in the way of righteousness. So he's saying older people, it's a glory to them if it be found in the way of righteousness. Are, have they been living right? Do they know what they're talking about? Do they have any reference to the Bible? You said they're older, they ought to know. Okay, now we're talking spiritual problems. If they've been a mechanic all their life and they want to know how to pull a head off of a car, okay, listen to the guy. But in doing that, while you both got your head underneath the, the hood underneath there, you know something about our church? I was thinking no Bible reference, no nothing. 
comes to relationships, is spitting out stuff, no Bible reference, no experience, just spitting out what they think. And because you're friends, you listen to them. I didn't say they have to become your enemies, but the Bible talks about that's just foolishness to accept counsel from people who don't know what they're talking about. Not all old Christians or white-headed saints should be listened to. Well, they're older. They ought to know. So I'll call them know about. It's all according to what you're saying, know about. Mrs. Um, uh, Morse is a realtor. Okay, She's been a realtor a long time. You come to me, I know some things about real estate. I know some things about uh, percentages and those kinds of things, but I'm not a realtor. I would suggest maybe you want to go and talk with her. Whether you do it or not, it's just wise. Just talk. But So what's going on in the market? What do you think about this? What places should I look? I'm looking for this kind of a place. You may want to go and talk to her. But if you're looking for some biblical advice, you may not want to go to Dave Chris. Hold on. For his age, he may know what he's talking about. But Rehoboam went to people his age too. You need to seek counsel from older, established, biblical, born-again Christians. That takes time and age. So I'm just trying to tell you that. The reason many Christians seek counsel from people their own age, they really don't want to hear the truth. I can't tell you how many times people go, there's no sense going to Pastor Bell, you know what he's going to say. Well, that's a good thing, right? I mean, I can be counted on. You know he's not going to agree with you, so they don't even come and ask. Their mind is already made up. Number two, they're looking for someone that already agrees with what they're going to do. Their mind's made up. A lot of people will come and talk to me, and here's what they'll say. Preacher, uh, my family and I have been praying, and we're going to do this. Okay, well, you didn't come to ask me that. You come to make a statement, and you know what I'm going to say? Okay. I understand. You know what understand means, right? Doesn't mean I agree or disagree. I just understand why you're doing what you're doing. You understand? Okay. So they're looking for someone who will agree with them about what they've already made up their mind to do. This is one big reason why children do not listen to their parents. No sense asking mom. You know what she's going to say. The trouble is we have adults that do that. Well, you go to the preacher, you know what he's going to say. He's going to pull out his Bible and tell you some verses and tell you you shouldn't do this. Well, wouldn't that be good? Listening to unwise, ungodly, unbiblical, unsaved counselors could cause unnecessary debt and pull you right away from God. There's a lot of people out in the world got themselves in debt and now they have to work constantly all the time, thus taking them away from church and fellowship and where God wants them to be so they can grow. You know who did that? Somebody decided, oh, no, this guy's a Christian. He knows all about fine. And he told you to do something, and you fell for it. And because of that, you're no longer in church like God told you to be. You're no longer tithing like God told you to be. You're no longer heading in the area that God put a dream in your heart because you can't financially. Who would give you such advice? Wrong geographically. You know, it sounds like a good move. You know, I get calls probably half a dozen every week. People act like they know me and want to sell my house. George, how you doing? As soon as they do that, I know they don't know me. Yeah, I remember we discussed, never talked to the guy before. Just want to know if you're still interested. I've never been interested in selling my house. You got to get, I just wonder what it is. Gotcha. That's like holding a credit card in front of a person who just got out of high school. You got a $2,000 
$2,000. I've been working at McDonald's and now I'm worth $2,000. And you act like that's going to last you forever. By the way, um, Lowe's, their credit card, if you if you bail on your credit card at the end of the month and don't pay, I think it's now what, 26 26, 28% monthly on the balance. The reason most people use a credit card because they can't afford what they're getting ready to get anyway. So guess what happened? You can't pay, and now you're being charged, what, 30 40 $50? Folks, you're not listening to good counsel. You're just not. So I tell you, like, you don't need that right now. Yeah, I do. What's wrong with him? I've been waiting for two years to have a couch. My wife and I, we first got married, lived in Wedgwood. It wasn't any better back then than it is now. And uh, we went there, and I didn't realize it. I, my mom said, I think it's time you got your own place. And I said, okay. So off I went. Didn't ask any counsel. Didn't ask anybody what the neighborhood was like, just like some of you didn't. You just moved in, okay? And there I was. I worked sometimes two, two and a half jobs. I was never home. And I had this little 16-year-old girl living there by herself. You know what we did on our honeymoon? Did I tell you about that? We left, went to my place, our place now, yeah. And I laid carpet that night. Somebody gave me some green, like felt carpet. And we're moving furniture. This is our honeymoon night. Say, romance, buddy. Ah, uh-huh. so you learn. You learn. Samantha, you listen to me? You learn. Okay? You learn. But I remember, I think it was our following Christmas or whatever, we got a stereo. I mean, back in the days when they came as all components, you know, that kind of stuff. And we were laying on the floor, and one had an orange light and a green light, and I think a red light. And we were just laying on the floor. But we went in debt. I mean, like, I don't know, $320 or something. In debt. Worried myself to death about that. Can we pay for this? Yeah, you'll be okay. Are you sure? Yeah, you'll be okay. So we're laying on the floor staring at those lights, just holding each other, having a great time. Now I have a whole house, lots of responsibility. Know what my limits are and what I should and shouldn't do. Well, you see, from that time to this time, it's been like 60-some years or 50-some years. You think I would learn something. I also happen to know something. It's not bragging. I'm just telling you, I know something about the Bible. I don't know everything about the Bible, but I know something about the Bible. And so I think I could help you. So what happens here is this. When there's a church split, somebody's not listening to the Lord. It's that simple. Strife only comes because of pride. The Bible says so. Okay. And so unwise job move. What do you think I should do? 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 No, you didn't come and ask me. Now, I'm going to show you something. I've got men here that are very intelligent, very smart, very good at what they do. Okay, I just, is Jordan up there? He's probably sleeping. Yeah, he's sleeping. Anyway, Jordan's very, very smart about a lot of things. He never acts like it. He just is. And Jordan, when he gets ready to make any decision at all, guess who he talks to? Me, a guy who barely got out of high school. Because he recognizes God's system and he's going to follow God's system. And most of the time when he's done, I go, 
Lord, that sounds good to me. Preacher, I just want to make sure that everything's okay and that you don't disagree with me. Look, the guy's very smart. He doesn't need me. Yes, he does. Because God said, not because I am smart. Character and seeking counsel. I said, number one, do not be guilty of never seeking counsel. I said, number two, reason why some people never seek counsel, and I gave you those two points. They plan on counseling themselves, or they're afraid their weakness will be revealed, and they won't be used because of that. Number three, do not be guilty of seeking unwise counsel. Why do some people do this? They really don't want to know the truth. That's why a lot of people won't come to this church. I disagree with the way they live. No. I have Bible for disagreeing with the way they live. Yeah. Some of my opinion, just like tonight, I'm showing you Bible after Bible. Somebody haven't even opened your Bible. Just, mm, I don't know if I agree with that. Look at, read your Bible. Number four, seek counsel from a wise person as often as possible. I got to hurry here. So I'm not going to ask you to turn. In Proverbs 13, 20, the latter part, he said, he that walketh, that means continually. It's an action verb, okay, walking. Not just, I walked once. No, it's walking continually. With wise men shall be wise. Okay? You ever notice bankers run around bankers? Realtors run around realtors. They just like what they have to say. They want to know. So you run with people like yourself. You know why you're here? Don't take this wrong. You like what I have to say? Right? <laughs> anyway. Proverbs chapter 4. Verse number seven says this, wisdom is the principal thing. It's the foundation. It's the basic for everything you need. And this is wisdom right here. One way of obtaining wisdom is by seeking counsel from wise people. That just makes sense. Um, what I should say this about Mrs. Weaver and her family, uh, they, they do a lot with properties and that kind of stuff. And they're always trying to help people. If I was looking into getting into something like that, why in the world would I go to somebody outside of here that I don't even know is a Christian who have all kind of deviant ways of doing business? Why would I not go to somebody God put right in my path and say, how do you make this work? How do you draw up those kind of contracts? How do you follow up on that? I would go to them and ask them why. Because the, the counselor's right here. And if you came to me, I'd probably tell you this. Have you been talking to Mrs. Weaver? Maybe you need to go talk to her. Not her husband. He dumbs up doing that. But talk to Mrs. Weaver. Are you watching me? I hope you are. Now, so what happened? Remember the two harlots there in 1 Kings? They sought counsel in order to solve a problem. They weren't even saved. They just said, we need to go to somebody that's smart, has some understanding, and they went to the king. Surely we would want to have as much wisdom and character as they did. And they sought counsel. Number five. Characterless people have no counsel to offer and will find few people that will trust them. We're talking about character. There's a lot of people that think they know a lot of Bible, but their character is terrible. They don't know all the things I've been talking to you about over these past weeks and more. They're just, they have no character. Just because somebody can quote Bible doesn't mean they know Bible. I want to know, are you living by it? Did it work for you? You know, did, did you prove it in your life? Is this what you do in your life? Okay, if I didn't tithe and give offering and you found out about it, you keep saying, well, he's a preacher. No, you wouldn't do that. you say, what's he doing? He's telling us to give tithes and offering and he doesn't? That's not right. Or I tell you this, Christians shouldn't drink. And you, 
you know, brother Soren's over there checking the doors. I walk into the casino and uh, he said, preacher, what are you doing here? Hey, I'm on my own time. All I'm doing is drinking a little bit in moderation. You have no right to judge me. Okay, preacher. Now what y'all do is rat on me in a moment. Just tell everybody. Watch what happens here. So we find out here, characterless people, many Christians keep showing their ignorance and making foolish decisions, unwise decisions that they should have sought counsel for. Folks will not trust you. Every time you make more foolish decisions, I didn't know, I didn't realize people are going to trust you less and less all the time. Doesn't make sense, does it? So character, your character is not godly, it's not solid, and because of that, you're going to run into problems. Which way do you believe you would look more foolish? Ready? Two things. People find out you sought counsel for a problem. Now, what would you do that for? What's wrong with you? And you followed it, and it worked. Or people find out you blew it again and are even in more trouble and they said, did you go talk to preacher before you did this? Did you talk to your mom or dad about this? Did you talk to Brother Pledger about this? And they find out every time you turn around, you did it again. You blew it again. You made another bad decision again. I know people's kids and their excuse is, well, they're trying to prove themselves. What is wrong with simply asking? How do you think I'd, you're trying to prove yourself and you just keep making one mess right after another. Why would you do that? People who will not seek counsel are headed for trouble. Guaranteed they're headed for trouble. People who think they know everything and so they're going to be embarrassed if they ask for trouble, it's just foolish, absolutely foolish. When you ask for counsel and do what it says, if it's biblical, if it's biblical, you add that, your character is going to begin to grow. And you need to be not a character but have character. That way, people sooner or later go like this. He knows what he's talking about. I've watched him. Have you ever heard him talk? Brother Usher's that way. Brother Usher loves to talk about soul winning, Bible, how God has changed his life, all these kind of things. So he's not just an old white-headed man. If he was, he'd just be a nice old white-headed man. But I would go to him for counsel. But we look at old people like, yeah, but they're old. I mean, how can they help? They're old. Look at them. They're old. Think about what you just said, years and decades of experience. Yeah, but things have changed. I change not. So you want somebody that has experience and age and godly advice and has lived a while. It'll help you a lot. Okay, let's pray. Father, thank you so much.